So, I've got some thoughts. Okay, that's unusual, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, Harvey Z has been doing some thinking and just sort of, every so often, Harvey Z gets, like, introspective and, like, Harvey Z becomes, like, Harvey Zen. Uh, usually <laughs> it's because, like, life isn't so Zen, so I just go to the opposite and try to, like, think about things. And I just want to say, like, I really appreciate... One, yeah, the podcast and all that we've done, but like the whole premise of Make Me a Gamer was to make me kind of fall back into video games or gaming or such, like however many years ago. And though I'm not that great of a gamer, and so I'm really appreciative of video games in my life right now, in that like it's an escapism. Like video games are fun to play. I enjoy playing like the the mech game the battle mech or battle tech i should say and like it's escapism at its purest and it's everything that like gaming should be as a kid but as a kid i wasn't trying to escape anything i was just playing it because it was a lot of fun and stuff as an adult now though i'm like it's nice to have something where i'm not thinking about like the real world or the shit in my life or such but instead just like um out in space and there's a conflict and i have to resolve with with like an abc choice i pick oh it's not great but we're gonna make through the setback and we like accomplish the mission and it's it was stressful but not that stressful where i'm like at the end of the day like freaking out about my video game choices kind of thing it's nice to have that oh man oh this was a real intense battle and then we got through it but i'm not like worried or overthinking things for days and days which real world stuff I can do that sort of thing. Real world stuff doesn't just go away or have easy like ABC answers. And like mm-hmm. we've gotten into gaming at an t- interesting time. Like the podcast has seen like the no pants podcast and such. <laughs> and like we've been video games and animal crossing have been there. You've been there. It's been a nice kind of like, I'm really grateful in that moment of like, us making a podcast but then the actual you actually succeeded in making me a gamer somewhat and now i have this release or escapism thing to de-stress with so that's that's where harvey z was kind of at in like mentation wise today yeah well first of all i'm glad to hear that the podcast has been a good thing you know it's always nice that (laughs) the co-host of the podcast that we do (laughs) weekly is like yeah this is actually good you know, it's it's nice and reaffirming. But yeah, you know, I think that's what happens is people think that games are for children. Mm-hmm. And, and like that attitude has sort of disseminated a little bit as like the people who played games when they were kids have grown older. But like, you know, there's still that sort of squad of people who think that you know like if you're playing games and you're over 30 then you've done something wrong with your life like there should be more important things to take care of full confessional like harvey z at the beginning of the podcast and the beginning days was sort of in that like oh games are for children and i don't have time for video games because that's i have important business things to do or i have (laughs) work to do i can't be wasting time like video games felt like wasting time i didn't see the there's a huge benefit like just mental health wise even to playing these games yeah it it, it's ways to de-stress it's relaxing depending on what you're playing you know you can and like you said there's sort of like a, a harvey zen type state where 
you know, some of these games, you just play them for like an hour or two and it, it's like lets you free your mind of anything that's really like bugging you. Like I, I've been able to in the last couple of days, I've, I've sort of been in over my head uh, in terms of just like my own like mental state and being able to just like dive into a game and that I one game that I've been looking forward to for a w- long time in particular and just get that satisfaction of like spending a whole <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, uh sorry I'm not finishing my sentences here because my brain is foggy but like on this past weekend I had a 3-day weekend and and one of the days I just you know was on the couch playing Horizon for the majority of the day like that's what i did and i haven't done that in a long time usually it's mm-hmm. you know I, I try to do i if i'm into a game i'll play it a lot but i won't do like that marathon six or seven hour session where you sort of like stay in one place and then do it usually it's broken up like i'll you know do chores around the house or exercise for a bit or take a shower and and not saying that i forego uh-huh. for went a shower entirely but you know like just doing other things to sort of like break up you know the, the game period time because like it does once you get to a certain point in your life like that that sort of like 12 10 to 12 hour session you know that you used to do in like college when a game came out that you really wanted to play you know mm-hmm. the all-nighters i don't know if you ever got that but you know oh i, I, I mean I we've we would play like Wii Sports into the late hours for no damn good reason sometimes. Yeah. But that was social. But I don't know if in college I was playing like solo games. The best experiences I can think of or relate to actually is outside of XCOM. It's like Civilization. Playing it one player. Yeah, is you can odd. lose a lot of time. Because like it takes 20 to 40 hours for me to beat like a game of Civilization. And like... I remember looking back and being like losing a weekend even where I just like I eat breakfast and then I play civilization and then it's like 9 p.m. and I'm eating dinner because I'm hungry and it's like, oh, God, what did I do all day? That's where it sort of was this, oh, God, what did I do all day? And I will say, like, I think because those were the memories I had, it was sort of a sense of I was unhappy and using the games to like fill up time. And that's a different sense than the escapism of like what I'm doing right now where I'm enjoying the game and I can see what it is and then I put it away kind of thing, but it's a nice relief. Then it was sort of a just gaming for the sake of gaming in that I didn't know what else to do with myself sort of a thing or right, I was yeah. avoiding like, things. Yeah, like and that that's why it's like what, what that's kind of the point I was trying to, to get to is that like gaming is good as a supplement, just like any other hobby, you know, and when you're you know spending a whole day playing a game and it's because you know you don't you're you're depressed or you don't know what to do with your life or whatever like that's one thing and not saying like people that do that are bad or whatever but you know i've i've been there mm-hmm. and Same. but like finding that that work life game balance where you know you're not like looking down on it and like occasionally, you know, like a game comes out that you want to play. Like, I have a question, and we'll get to this, and then we'll do the get through the intro and everything. 
Have you ever taken a vacation day for video games? Not recently. Like, I've certainly... Have I, like, skipped a day of school? Like, college-wise? I've done that. I'm trying to think since corporate Harvey Z. Have I... I've certainly, like, taken, like, a staycation where I stayed home. And during that time, like, I read a book or I played a video game. More likely, I played video games and stuff. But it wasn't a... I No, I'm, I'm talking about, like... There was a game releasing on a day and you're like, I'm taking the next couple days off so I can just play this game and focus on it. I've never done that. No, I have not either. Like I and I've seen because Horizon came out last week and Elden Ring is coming out this week. And I've seen a lot of people saying like, yeah, I took off a week from work so I can just focus on this and not have to worry about blah, blah, blah. And and I don't know. I've. I've never done that. I definitely, when I was in college, I skipped classes to play a game. Like, I think, I remember Final Fantasy twelve came out senior year, and I skipped classes the day it came out, and probably the day after, just, like, played Final Fantasy twelve a bunch. I think I skipped class to go get God of War, the original, not the reboot, <laughs> the very first God of War. Cause, but, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, it just, I mean... I don't look down because I mean, it's, if you're, t- it's basically in my mind, I'm like a staycation. Like if one of my employees was like, Hey, I want to take a day off. I'm like, don't tell me what you're going to do. Cause yeah, if you're like, I want to take a day off. Cause you know, the game's coming out or something. I'd be like, Oh, but I mean, isn't that no different than like people? Well, yeah, it no, is very I, different I, than- I have nothing against people who are doing it. Like it's just part of it, I guess for me is that like gaming has been my, pretty regular hobby to begin with Uh so like my way to de-stress after work or you know the things i do for fun is to play a game and i can see maybe like people who i don't know have have a kid Mm -hmm. or you know do other things have are, are more of a social person who likes going out on the weekend or you know has a little bit more of a social life and is not currently trapped in a pandemic (laughs) doing that sort of like taking a couple days off so they can really like dedicate some time to the game as opposed to like having to sneak it in. I I, I get that. I think, yeah, because I, I have wished to do this. Like this seems like something I would be like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. But I have this sense of like, uh, but I can't. And so I'm like looking through my window at those people or looking outside i guess looking into those houses of people gaming that way yeah that would be nice to just i don't know i i also though find if i game for a long period of time i do get that sense of like what have i done like i do that's why it's been nice i've been gaming for like two three hours maximum each day and so it doesn't feel like i wasted a day it was i did something and i took some time for myself i self-care as opposed to like Oh God, what have I done as I peel myself off of the couch or something? <laughs> it's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with Harvey Z in the place to be. Uh, and so I've got a, a couple games to talk about. Obviously, Horizon is one of them, uh, and well, I think we'll get to that last. Okay. 
Um, and there's another game you actually had questions about that I'll get into. Uh, but first, I just oh. want to uh, just a, a yeah. r- sort of like not it's, it's not really news, but it's it's sort of funny. So this past weekend, Capcom announced Street Fighter Six. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So and and it's the the big new iteration of Street Fighter. Every generation of consoles, basically, at this point, you get the next number. Um, Street Fighter Four was on the the PlayStation Three and the 360. Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Five, yes, that's correct. I'm counting. Uh, was actually a PlayStation exclusive. Um, so it was on Sony only. It was only on the PS4. I'm not sure if they announced the same sort of exclusivity for Street Fighter Six yet or not. Um, they say more information is coming during the summer. But the reveal had two big sort of... St- stories is the wrong word for it. It's two... It's like not quite a story, but a little bigger than a meme. If that makes okay. any sense, you know? Okay. Um. So the actual reveal was like very short 30 second CGI, like revealing two characters that everyone knew that was going to be in the game to begin with. So it, it was pretty much no gameplay, just sort of like, hey, the game's coming. But one of the characters was Ryu. Uh-huh. And people are going uh, hog wild because... Uh, the way the cinema is cinematic is filmed. Uh, he's wearing sweatpants, and oh god, oh god, yeah. Pe- people are, are have been like commenting, thinking that you know, like Ryu is hanging dong, like no, no free ball in it in this in these sweatpants. Uh, the way that the CGI is framed. Let me uh, see if I can get you the picture. Appreciated, because I am trying to Google and I've just found ads for sweatpants. Tons and tons <laughs> of sweatpants with pictures of Ryu on them. Uh, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and like, it, there's been some argument over whether it's just like fold or shadows or whatnot. Whoa. Whoa. They, all right. Uh, warning. Of like, <laughs> that's an angle to take a picture, I guess, of your pants. <laughs> like... Okay, I can see why people... What the... His face isn't even in there. This is a dick pic. I mean, it's a very tasteful... But this is like a Snapchat Ryu after hours dick pic. <laughs> There's no face in here. Like, I can't even... Like, how do you know that's Ryu? It, it, it is. There's more okay. to... There's more to the trailer than just that angle. But uh, that was an angle in the actual trailer. All right. And, uh... <laughs> That I was not expect. I was expecting okay, a picture, uh, something of a side profile. He's re- okay. No, this is a all right. Looking straight up at it. Hey, here, uh, uh, I, I'm sh- I'm sending you an, uh, a link to another picture that has like the the dong cen- censored out. Like that's that was like the full shot. Okay. Okay, so there's his face, and there's the opponent in the background and stuff. The opponent doesn't have... Yeah, the, yeah. the opponent definitely does not have the same sort of, like, distinctive uh, dong-like qualities. <laughs> so this was this was a creative decision of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need to include that for Ryu. The other guy, no, no, it's not everybody. Ryu needs to definitely yeah, accentuate the They know the what their, their target audience is. 
I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. You would it, think it, this would be wildly impractical for street fighting. You <laughs> should wear a cup. Yeah. You, that's what that's what I'm saying. You know, like if you're going into a tournament, you got to wear some protection. Like this is you, you don't want to be free balling it when you're like doing Hadoukens. Like unless that's the. <laughs> That's the source of it. It has to hang low. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only way to channel that inner chi. Yeah, that's that's where the power really lies. Unless he's doing this as an intimate... Like, maybe this is, like, the weigh-in before. Like, I don't know Street Fighter lore that much of, like, I assume you just meet people in the street and you fight. Versus (laughs) a, oh, we're meeting next Tuesday, 8 p.m., you be ready then... So like maybe well, you I mean, meet up you ahead schedule of time. like st- like street racing, you know, it doesn't it's it's not it's not always impromptu. There are is like all right, we're gathering here Friday night for some street racing. So it could be the so same thing for street this fighting. This might just be then like the pre-matchup like intimidation kind of like hanging dong to intimidate the other person <laughs> and then you put your cup on and stuff at the actual match. Like I'm surprised this hasn't happened in UFC. <laughs> Ah, UFC, more like UFD. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so I, so that was like, that was the first reaction. Okay. Like, that was the big thing. Like, as soon as the CGI trailer, my Twitter feed was just full of Ryu's dong. And, and people commenting on, on Ryu and, you know... Daddy Ryu was said may way way too many times. This is is partly because this is uh bearded Ryu, like oh. they they did that as an alternate costume for Street Fighter Five, and people went wild over it. And so they've sort of his uh, official look in Six is with the beard, and people are again going wild over it, especially with sweatpants dong. Um. <laughs> So then the second thing that <laughs> came out was that like they showed the logo for Street Fighter 6 and I'll I'll send you the link to the Kotaku article about it. Oh, okay. It seems like a San Francisco SF like it's so someone looked up Adobe clip art and found that like it's basically the exact same as a free a thing you can buy for eighty dollars from an Adobe Clip Art logo I mean, thing. But this gets weird. Like I don't think the artists are lazy enough to just do that. But like it is very similar. But I could see where they're trying to go for maybe a three D effect, or and they made it all edgy okay yeah it is a huge change in logos so like look at it compared to like it's it's like they outsourced the logo to some random people like hey design us a new street fighter logo and those people forgot to do the assignment until like 20 minutes before the reveal like oh shit where can we get some clip art 100 percent. i <laughs> i agree with that part actually like it it makes no sense in the, the it's not even the right colors yeah I'm hoping that this is just like a placeholder logo and like we get the real logo in like when they do like the full gameplay reveal. They said more info is coming this summer. But like if that's just what they're going with, that is like the most boring ass, like (laughs) no personality, just like 
design by committee ass logo that I've seen <laughs> for a game in a long time. Oof. I mean, it. Yeah, it, I like the three D ness of it, but it is very like eh, I'm stretching with it a little bit. This this looks like this looks like a logo that comes up on the screen and then Ryu steps out and is starts pitching us on cryptocurrency and NFTs. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like this is this is Bay Area tech bro ass logo design. Synergy Foundation, not Street Fighter. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so. I just wanted to bring those things up because, like, the Street Fighter Six announcement just was kind of funny in both of those aspects. That, uh, you know, we get Dong and Clip Art logo, and to that end, then I'll add my own little like thing since it's a little short blurb of like an ad that caught my eye. Speaking of logos and such, uh-huh. which it was one of the pop-up ads actually for just online and i actually clicked it and i couldn't click it because it was like it assumed it was an ad that everybody wasn't going to click so i actually (laughs) had to google then the company and the product to find out more i could oh wow they really got you yeah it was so i don't know if you heard about it and that's why i was like excited i was like i want to buy this uh michelob ultra the beer company that no one cares about but michelob ultra partnered with what video game company do you think Oh no. Oh, okay. So I I haven't actually heard about this. So I don't I don't know what you're referencing. Their slogan is "Enjoy it like it's 1993." Oh, enjoy it like it's 1993. I was like, I bold move. I can see the visitor count on their website. It is eleven thousand nine hundred and five. That is it. This is like GeoCities or something. It like is, it looks really so. It's. Michelob Ultra partnering with NBA Jam oh. for the All-Star Weekend. Oh, And NBA they've Jam. released a retro can. And it just looks like it has like the NBA Jam like players dunking and stuff with like slogans like Boom Shakalaka and From Downtown and He's on Fire. And it is a really cool looking beer can. I will say that actually, which is why I was like, I'm in. What is this? I don't drink Michelob Ultra. But give me more information about why did you do this? Is this out? And then it turns out it's only a special limited edition collaboration with um, Cleveland for the All-Star Weekend that happened, I think, this past weekend. And so they're not selling it anywhere else right now. But holy shit, I was just like, this is the weirdest, coolest, like, well done to appeal to me, which (laughs) is probably not your target audience because I don't really drink beer and I don't really... Michelob Ultra? I don't think I've ever had it. But like NBA Jam? Oh yeah. Good job. Yeah, like like again, this, I would not drink Michelob Check. Ultra if someone paid me to drink it. But, but like, like as sort of like a collector's thing, that's it's really cool. Check out their merch page. I actually looked at it. All their shirts and hoodies are amazing and I kind of want those. The one thing that is sold out is they actually had an NBA Jam full arcade box. They actually have a mini one for 250 as well, but they had a huge one for four people. That's the only thing that's all this thing sold out. And I'm just, I'm already jealous, but like, damn, well, I wonder how much that would have cost. And then probably they didn't, probably didn't have too many. Cause like the single, the, the countercade is 250, which is, Mm -hmm. which means a full one is probably at least like, I'd say what, 600, 700, somewhere in there. 
probably can't even click on it to see what it what it was i do like the nba jam beanie like that that's oh i was a fan of the hoodie with the flaming logo and stuff oh it just looks i can see it online actually if you want the nba jam arcade with barstool it is 550 dollars oh walmart all right I, i said 600 i wasn't too bad now i'm like hmm (laughs) <laughs> i mean the problem is i live in hmm do i want to yeah. one day have a man cave i don't need a man cave but do i want a cave or a bar cave or yeah like that that's sort of the thing that if i if i could set up a place like if i had enough space to make like a little arcade corner like i would totally try to get a retro arcade machine like if i had the the space for it and knew i wasn't going to be moving anywhere for a while like this is uh-huh. it's not something you buy when you're still like not sure if you're going to stay in the same place or not what but... game what arcade game would you want though because <sighs> nba jam actually fits as a good four people game it's fun to play kind of thing it's not a long intensive game you could play a couple games of pickup i would totally be down for nba jam as one i mean I like NBA Jam is a good one. NFL Blitz probably is another uh, good one. In the wheelhouse, yep. Yeah. But like my my heart really belongs to like the old four player arcade beat 'em ups. So like um, it'd be really hard to talk me out of something like X Men or The Simpsons. Seven hundred dollars. Or... Looking at it right now, the Simpsons arcade machine. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we went over this briefly in a previous episode towards the end of it, but like there's a Bucky O'Hare arcade <laughs> game like that one. That one's probably very expensive because it's not like a mainstream enough one to if you could find one of those like I, I don't even know like if there's a like is, is that one's harder like you to even get like the roms for i would say like to like design something similar like at the very least you know the simpsons and the x-men games have been re-released as like their own games and you could sort of build your own mm-hmm. yeah bucky o'hare arcade game machine four player three thousand six hundred ninety five dollars on ebay jesus like Again, Pac-Man, twelve and one, three hundred bucks. Simpsons, a great game, six hundred bucks. Three, I guess it's so rare, but like, yeah, three thousand. Marvel versus Capcom, four and one, eight hundred. Well, seven twenty-five. Like you're, but this, see, see, these are like though they they do like re-releases of arcade machines, and you can mm-hmm. get like these sort of like personal ones for your basement or whatever. This is. You know, I don't know if they've ever re-released the Bucky O'Hare arcade machine for like seven hundred bucks. Like this is like probably an original that some arcade guy is selling on eBay. And you know? you're right. Like the actual like first edition, I guess, or arcade machine of like NBA Jam Hangtime Edition, three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. The yeah, NBA Jam one that they're selling out there, it's like a a remake with a it seems to say wi-fi enabled so i think the screen actually just gets the game through wi-fi or something it's not even the original like the game is in the system or some weird thing like that it is a if you want the actual machine that sets you back quite more the 600 700s basically have like a computer screen with like wi-fi and it says free access to this game yeah these are like ones made that you don't need to put quarters in or whatever and they've been like programmed in a different way 
but man yeah it's it, it, one day one day i'll get a random arcade machine like i don't, I don't want to have like a dedicated collection of it but like mm-hmm. if i if it, like you said i don't need a man cave but like uh, a dedicated gaming area to like flush out you know i've got like the retro consoles lined up on a tv and you got like the arcade as a as a another thing to play and you know enough space for if you want to do wii bowling or whatever you know that sort of random setup just as like a cool i know i know it's like cliche for the basement to be that but like i always still imagine it in the basement you know Mm -hmm. because i mean it would be weird to have it in like your attic (laughs) or like on your main floor you know like you've got your nice dining room table right next Uh, to teenage mutant ninja turtles on the arcade the fine china is above the arcade machine you just take it down (laughs) Yeah, that's where I keep all my nice, you know, glassware is next to the machine. Okay, so I bought a game. Mm, the Is this now one of the official purchases? In it is contest? not. It is not because it was four ninety nine. It It was the $5 and unders clause activated, which okay. is good because I'm not sure I would have bought it if it was more than that both because of my restrictions and also just like in general, if I wasn't restricted, I'm not sure if I would have paid more money than that for this game. Mm-hmm. But for five bucks, it's actually really good. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's called Retro Bowl. Uh-huh. It was actually recommended by a person I follow on Twitter. And he said it was a mobile game that, and then it was recently ported to Switch, in, I think this month. And so... I went to the Switch store, saw it was four ninety nine, and I was like, you know what? This looks like a good low key like Switch game to play, to to add to my list of games to play on the Switch when I'm also doing something else, you know, like watching TV or mm-hmm. you know, just like that sort of that game where I don't need to focus a hundred percent on it, and it it's good. It it's. A very good poop game, I think. Ah, like my attention. Yeah, yeah. The the, I I don't know how well it would play on a phone. Like I like I'm I'm a, I'm a controller person. Mm-hmm. I'm not as good with the touchscreen stuff. Uh, so I can see how s- the game was adapted to use controls and how there might be some touchscreen betterness. That's not a word, but it it really like I think. Uh, a single game in a, in a season can take like five minutes. It's not like Madden where you sit down to play a, a game and it'll take you an hour to finish finish a game. So like seasons can take you a whole, you know, 20 some hours if you make it to the playoffs and then do fiddling with all the, the trades and other things. But this one is very simple and straightforward. Uh, it, it's actually really neat mechanically because first of all, you only play offense. Um, oh, okay. You like you you can get defensive players that like bolster your defensive stats, but like the defense section of the game is completely automated ba- and like just based on statistics and whatnot. And like they'll tell you like, oh, your player sacked somebody, or oh, the player you know missed the tackle tackle and then they scored 
uh, but you don't actually physically like put in any inputs for defense. You only do offense, um, which is one way it speeds it up. Mm-hmm. And like you don't select your plays. Like it, you you come out and the the game sets up the formation and like you you can choose like whether to hand it off to a rusher or, or uh, do a passing play, and you get like a couple audibles per half. Uh, so and that will like change the play to a different play if you don't like how the setup is based on like what you see from the defense. But th- that whole like sitting in a menu and choosing whether you're mm-hmm. going to use the Z slant or the Y sweep or, you know, whatever all these other football terms are that you don't really probably understand when you're playing Madden. Like I, I don't fucking know the difference between a a post route and a screen. Okay, I I lie. I do actually know those, but like Z posts and you know corner posts or whatever. I don't know functionally why they're different. Mm-hmm. And so it streamlines all that, and there's basically a little bit of focus on like the management. Like after each game, you'll like have to either choose to discipline a player if they're bad or like praise the team or the player if you did well and you'll get different rewards based on your choices as the coach when you like add people to your roster their stats help during the game so like for example i have a running back that has decent stats not is not like a superstar but he's fine and he got injured for a week and so i didn't have him And so instead of playing with a named character at my running back, I just got a random unnamed blank dude. And his and he was like abysmal. Like I couldn't run that game at all because he was so slow and just like couldn't move, had no stamina. And like so that's sort of where the the gameplay goes in. Like if you have two or three wide receivers on your team you have better, you know, abilities to catch. But if you've like got some hurt or you only, you know, traded for one or you didn't draft properly and didn't get enough wide receivers, then like you're more likely to drop passes and your quarterback can suck. Like functionally in Madden, when I play those games, it's really hard to tell like when you're playing against AI on the level that I play again, I'll play it on. A good running back versus a bad running back doesn't really feel any different. Like, if you break through and run to the end zone, like, you do the same with both. In this game, you can quantitatively tell there's a difference between a good running back and a bad one. Like, I I had a shitty kicker, and I <laughs> eventually got enough points to be able to get a new one off a of free agency. And, like, it was miles different. Like, I had a wider cone to be able to like kick the field goals he had a longer range it was just so much easier to actually make field goals like I was making like half of my tries when I had my first kicker and then when I upgraded like he's been pretty much perfect since then and so like altogether it's a nice little package in in like a very sort of pixelated like old school feel to it and like i said the games themselves take like five minutes like i think i've played the game for two hours total and i've already finished a a season i was gonna ask when you do the offensive plays do you actually control the players when they have the ball and stuff or is it you pick like throw it to this guy and stuff and then it plays out what you i know you you control the players like you can 
you can juke there's very limited options once you like catch or run like you can juke and dive basically and that's about it other than like motion and moving them around uh and when you you're the quarterback you have a choice between like a regular pass and a bullet pass or you can scramble and run around with the ball and there you have those options and like you actually do get to move and everything but uh, like i said the defense is automated you don't like see that happen at all it just sort of like tells you like this is what's happening on the field got it it was a game that had caught my eye when i was like looking up games i think like last episode or two where i was just like on the switch browsing and stuff and like the pixel because i was like oh is this like the old tecmo bowl or whatever the old like bo Bo jackson's football one was but then i was like no this is i think a new game that is designed to look retro yeah, it absolutely is. It, it, it's supposed to, like, give you those retro feelings. I mean, it's, it's called Retro Bowl. Yeah. And I think it's still a little bit, even, like I said, you don't play the defense. It's even simplified more than, I think, the original Tecmo Bowls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I will have to keep an eye out because I don't have the $5 rule in my wheelhouse. It might be a game, though, just because I need to make it up to 12 games that might be a game that i may get to inflate my numbers (laughs) i mean it i think you i think it's in your wheelhouse i think it's a good poop game it's definitely like you can get through a game during a good poop um it's it's been my go-to like i'm in bed i'm gonna play a little bit before i go to sleep game Mm -hmm. um because i can get through like one or two games before i'm too tired to to really focus on it you know and it's not like too intensive that you're like now staying up like i have to keep playing exactly like like slay the spire is (laughs) normally my my before sleep game but like if you start getting a good run going and slay the spire suddenly you're up for like another hour yeah you know and and you can't like put it down well this one is like all right i'm starting to nod off i can finish this game and then go to bed and i don't feel compelled to be like oh i gotta play the next game <laughs> i still want to play it but i you know I, I don't i don't it's not that addictive c- civilization style just one more turn yeah uh, do you have any other questions for for i think no i think um so the thing that appealed to me actually was that the drafting slash the coaching decisions or the behind the scenes part and if it sounds robust slash interesting or has an appeal of like pros and cons to adding to your team's quality and stuff i was looking for that like i kind of secretly i mean we used to play like fantasy baseball and Mm -hmm. i'm still looking for something to chase that high with like graphics versus just a purely stat machine of fantasy games kind of things like i would love csfbl was a real niche itch scratched i agree with you like that sort of management of the teams like, I mean, every so often, I still like wonder if there's if there's a make me a gamer audience out there who would. I mean, we can't find like twenty four people or so, but like a low key part of me just wants to create a league every so often again, just doing the draft and all, but not like high intensity where it's like even eight games or whatever a day, but like a legit like maybe two games a day or something like launcher baseballs type of style it would be if i knew everyone in there it was Mm -hmm. just a really nice social community game i enjoy that aspect a lot like i i think 
that sort of like managing your lineup and when we had like that app that let us like watch the watch games the in games. real time like we would sit down for like the big ones the three of us and like watch whether you know you made it through the playoffs or not like that that was fun so uh, yeah this is of course i I got we probably mentioned it on the show before but yeah csfbl so i don't know what it stands for college statistics no fantasy league uh, computer simulated fantasy league something like that CSFBL. yeah fa- computer simulated fantasy baseball league i believe csfbl uh, i mean if there were 16 make me a gamer fans <laughs> out there what was what was the name winthrop winthrop yep. yeah I mean, the the Winthrop bug. The my, I still remember some of our pitchers and stuff. Beasley is one like Mauro Waller. I remember him. He was my big pitcher. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, what I I was. Oh God, I inherited the Jonestown Kool Aids, didn't I? You did, and you kept the name. I kept was, that name for a while. I eventually changed it to the Salt Lake City Storm and Mormons. I do remember uh, that. <laughs> oh man, I was. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to create a league again or to get uh, Yeah, if it. if we could find enough people to do that, that I like think that's, if we had if it was our people and stuff cuz that was always the tough part cuz there was turnover and it was cool when you knew a lot of the other teams that you were playing or you could trash talk across the hallway or such, but when you don't know people or its turnover is really quick and all, then yeah, it kind of lost its appeal. Yeah, and especially with like people who were really into it where like you have to like check your team in between each game to make sure you're you know doing good and like there's like eight games a day so you have to like keep your lineup updated all the time like oh man that that was a good time so i'm looking at the site right now oh i was about to say like it's one where it makes me want to like reach out to generic who got us into that of like do you still play Uh, yeah he might it would be every so often no it's been now decades since i've checked actually because there would be times where i'd go back and i always would rejoin play for a season and then drop unfortunately just because i kept chasing that high of the initial days when it was all of us i'm looking like there so like a new league starts in 1981 like that's the first Mm -hmm. year as far as i can tell there's a there's a league that's in 2157 right now think that's wow. the furthest along so they've been they've played through 200 almost 200 years worth of baseball seasons that's amazing yeah it's two, 200 i mean and, yeah. how many people like now since you're there like what do we need to create a league uh i i, I have to like log in and stuff I'm, uh, oh hey i i want to ask you something yeah does, does our our friend generic does he still go by Tube? Oh yeah, CBT. I found him. He's in this league. He's in the twenty-one fifty-seven league. Of course he is. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> is he kicking ass? Um, let me see what the standings are. <laughs> uh, oh. he's in second place in this current season awesome. in his league. Yeah, we're rooting for you, generic. Yeah, you got this. You can do this, buddy. CBT, CBT. <laughs> we got it out. Like this should. We should just keep track. 
He may not even know. What were what were the odds that like the one <laughs> league I clicked on happened to have him in it? I mean, he he was up there and like he's well known on the message boards and all. He's somebody who kind of like was invited to some of the premier leagues and such. So it was good on him. Yeah, good good for him. <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. Uh, I do want to talk about Horizon some. Obviously, this is a game that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Horizon Forbidden West has been my PC background since it was announced, I want to say. It's been my phone background for like a year. This is a game I've been really, really looking forward to. Uh, And it comes out a week before Elden Ring, which is another game I was really looking forward to. And now I'm super conflicted um, because like... Horizon Forbidden West got good reviews. Elden Ring got competing with Breath of the Wild for the greatest game of all time level reviews. I'm quietly noticing that in our fantasy drafting. I knew giving you first pick meant I was going to take a hit because you would probably pick Elden Ring first, but I I was I mean, expecting at this like point, yeah, it's I was expecting thing. like 92 or 93 like but like ninety six is is its average right now, and it's like it it it's gotten like across the board praise at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really hard to. I mean, this is sort of like last year with your your stupid pickup of that weird like racing game that Forza or Gran Turismo or whatever that got you like twenty four points. Yeah, but that was in November. This is psychological February. warfare. I'm starting it off. Yeah. <laughs> I need but, to defeat and break your spirit. <laughs> I mean, the whole the thing is from now until the end of March, you've got eight games coming out and you're 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 pretty much setting your score mm-hmm. before the end of March. And so I've got 9 months to basically pick the best games to defeat you. This because the, your 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 score is going to be locked in and there's not going to be anything you can do. Basically, this is the Rocky Four strategy. I must <laughs> break you. Um, but uh, anyway, so Horizon is good. I'm enjoying it a lot. I Like I said, I, I very few games get me into the fugue state of just spending the entire day playing a game. Uh, without any breaks and and forbidden west got me it has the the same like enjoyable mechanics of horizon zero dawn you know like hunting the dinosaurs is great um the story dinosaurs or dinosaurs robo dinosaurs ah okay okay yeah um the story is great i i would say i would estimate maybe like halfway done with the story so far but, like, there's so many side quests. There's a, like, the thing about Horizon Zero Dawn is, like, the main story and, like, finding out what happens in the apocalypse and, like, why it happened and why the world is what it is was, like, the centerpiece of the story. And, like, everything in that main arc was fantastic. But the side quests and, like, the extra characters were a little lacking. There wasn't a whole lot of as much personality and like intriguing side characters like everything was basically the the main story this one like 
does a whole lot better with the side stuff. Like everything that is not the main story is still compelling. I'm interested in, in what's going on in the world and all the characters like are a little more fleshed out. I have basically two complaints about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is like, and it, it it's hard to like put this into words, but like there's a little bit of the wonder and like the good not good feelings like i i don't i don't know how to describe it like in the first game you start off in like this tutorial area that's small and then you go into like a little bit bigger region that has a little bit more to explore but you don't really fight any of the big stuff until you like you get through this sort of like starter region and then like the world opens up and you Mm -hmm. like can basically go anywhere in the world like it tells you like this for the story mission you got to go this way but you can pretty much go wherever you want to once you hit that whoops hit that open world section and when you do that in the first game one of the first things you see when you hit the open world is a stormbird and the stormbird is like one of the two end game robots that you want to fight like there's the thunderjaw which is like the giant t-rex motherfucker mm-hmm. And then there's a Stormbird, which is like this basically giant eagle that's like, you know, a flying terror. And like, it's basically the first thing you see when you hit the the big open world and you're like, holy shit, I've got to fight that at some point. And like, you can even try and fight it immediately. I did and died uh, because it's really hard to do with the equipment you have at the beginning. But like, it's that sort of, I see that. And I'm going to come back and fuck it up later. And mm-hmm. once you, you level up and get like the right equipment and like know the strategies, you go into that fight and it's like such a rush to finally take it down. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's that. And, and it's that sort of like organic feeling to it because it wasn't introduced in a story sequence. You just you, and you could just like come across it and the Thunder Jaws in the wild. And like if you want to try and take them on way before you should, you can. Mm-hmm. and and like it's like building yourself up to get to the point where you can beat them and then it's like yeah i i did that and in forbidden west they just don't have that like they've like basically doubled the amount of machines there's all sorts of new machines uh and and returning ones obviously but like in the intro tutorial section you fight one of the gigantic big new ones and it's like part of the story mission and like i guess it, it's supposed to be like scary or whatever like oh my god what is this because there's like a build up during the tutorial but like it didn't have that same sort of like seeing it in the wild and and like being frightened of it organically it's like oh i this is the story beat where i fight the giant monster and like that's happened like three or four times now where it's like I'm go- progressing through the story and the story introduces me to this gigantic monster that I haven't seen yet before and now I have to fight it. And the way the world is set up, like in Horizon, there was a huge, it was like basically a huge circle. And once you got to the open world, you could go wherever and sort of do whatever you wanted. And... In this one, like, you're progressing from east to west. Uh-huh. And there's, like, like distinct barriers of, like, entry. And, like, all right, you get this far and complete the story quest here. And then you go to the next place. And, like, yeah, I've ran into, like, a couple Thunderjaws in the wild. But it's it doesn't have that same sense of discovery. And 
maybe it's just because it's a sequel it won't ever be able to bottle that magic mm-hmm. but it's just missing that little extra sense to me um, it was it was hard for me not to chime in with the frequent complaint not complaint but the comparison kind of thing because i've experienced that in another game that came out that apparently was very similar to uh, yeah yeah horizon which is breath of the wild did that for me and i completely feel you on it started off small and i also new to zelda was like wow this is huge and stuff and then it opened up and i was like holy shit as i saw how big the map was and it does that really well too where there's flying creatures and stuff or bosses that you see in the distance and then you organically it's like okay well i'm gonna tackle this land and so you know what the boss is gonna be but you could just be passing through or such and see it in the distance kind of thing and I don't know, like, because at first I was like, maybe it's because, because in your game, I was like, because it's a sequel that you know, but it sounds like the biggest difference that you're actually noting is a mechanics kind of thing where one is railroading, where as you move through the level, you know, the boss is coming up and you're going to face him versus the idea of a complete open world where it's, this is your choice and you could see him from a distance kind of thing. Yeah. And you choose your terms of when to fight the boss versus a oh, this is the natural progression of video games. You have the midpoint and then you have the boss fight. Right, yeah. Like, I, I've had a couple of choices, like, but, yeah, it's like, it, basically, it's exclusively been, like, the Thunderjaw. Like, I've I've seen a Thunderjaw a couple times in different spots, and, like, each time I'm like, now I'm ready to fight it, and I've gotten my ass kicked. And, like, that still feels, like, good. Mm-hmm. But all the new monsters and the new machines, they've sort of been introduced through like a story beat segment where you're like, all right, now it's time to fight this monster you've never seen before. And it's kind of like, Oh man, why, why did it come at? Why did they choose to do it this way? Why couldn't I like crest over a ridge and, and see like a gigantic snake at the bottom of the Valley and be like, Oh shit. What am I going to do about that? You know? Mm-hmm. And the other the other small complaint I have is that I feel like the machines are a little overtuned. I don't know if they wanted to try and make the combat more challenging or what, but like everything is so aggressive. And the joy of the Horizon combat to me was like stripping the parts off of the dinosaur, knowing where the weak points are, you know using the right elemental ammo or you know this one's it's better to use the trip wires to take them down and like plan ahead and whatnot and like that sort of like strategical element and in this one you aggro one enemy and like every machine within like a five mile radius is also aggroed and comes to attack you and the strategical equipment like trip wires and the rope caster where you tie things down and other like weapons that aren't the bow aren't as effective so it feels a little less like strategy and more like just wearing their hit points down which isn't as fun mm-hmm. and then like because they're so aggressive these things are always in their face like they'll jump out attack you and you'll like dodge away and then you'll turn and you have to try and aim the bow but they're already either jumping and lunging at you again or firing a projectile at you and for a game that like the main source of like strategic combat and the main thing you want to do when you're fighting these things is aim very carefully and shoot something off or like knock 
you know, a gun off the side of a machine's back, you're not given that time with how aggressive the enemies are anymore. Like Mm -hmm. the way everything moves and like, there aren't any like times to like really fire at the, at the weak points. You know, it's like when you're trying to aim carefully at a thing's tail and they're like, always shifting and moving and flipping around even in slow motion like it's really hard to get that precise aim and that's what the combat is so i've just been a little frustrated in that aspect where like a lot of my careful strategies have immediately like backfired and it's just turned into me running away for five minutes firing my bow until it's dead Mm -hmm. and like that that wasn't why i loved horizon zero dawn in the first place but i do really enjoy the story and like i said it's been like it's not as up to par with zero dawn's combat but it's still fun to fight robot dinosaurs like you get to ride a giant robot pig around you know it's it's fun it's still good fair enough it was yeah i'm curious if they maybe they had a different influence or they just wanted to go a different way because i could also see a different subset of gamers being like, oh, the open world was too big for me. I want more direct and I want more action, more action. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it, it's still a very open world. And like, it's not super railroaded in, in the sense of like, there's only one linear path to take. Like you have a lot of area to explore in each of the sections, but it is also very sort of subdivided where like, if they want you to not see something they have designed it in a way that they can keep you from seeing something too early if you they don't want you to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that sort of way they've divided up the world. And it, it I think part of it is just like they went a little too big. Like the Horizon Zero Dawn open world was big but not huge. And I think they went huge with this one. And they tried to fill it with more monsters and different types of monsters. And part of what was so great about Zero Dawn was that, like, you got to know all the things you were fighting. And so by the time you get to the end of the game and, like, you know, a tough story battle throws three different kinds of robots at you that are hard and they're all fighting you at the same time, you're like, okay, well, I know what how to take on each of these robots because I fought them all so many times already. And in this one, I don't feel that comfort level with any of the new robots because they're so spread out and there's so many of them that like I'm not getting the repetition of knowledge enough to be like, okay, well, now I'm fighting the giant kangaroo robot. There's a kangaroo robot in this one. And I think I've fought in like a pack of those like twice and... I sort of get how to fight them, but I also was spending a lot of that time panicking because they're kangaroo robots and they're jumping at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hope I'm clear enough in these aspects. And I have been talking about the things that I don't like, but keep in mind, again, I, I've put like 30 hours into this game already and I've been playing it a lot and I've been looking forward to this a lot and it's still a very good game. I'm just... That these are the two major things or a couple major things that were jumping out of me as like keeping this from being like, oh, yeah, this is the best game I've ever played. And you said you're about 50% of the way done? 
I, I I think of the main story, I'm probably about halfway. I've, there's a lot of like side quests and stuff I haven't done yet. Um, and I'm trying to like space out between the two of them. Got it. Huh. Uh, okay, well, that's it for this week. Um, obviously, we did not get to, you know, talking about random deep dives of things this week. I didn't feel like doing it. So we didn't do it. I feel like uh. this turned out better anyway good to just catch up on gaming news and games in general yeah yeah that's good a random csfbl that we did not that (laughs) that still makes me happy so yeah 200 years of baseball and kicking ass yep all right well where can they find you harvey z you can find me on twitter at make me a harvey z you can find me on twitter at atma underscore phoenix you can find our podcast at make me a podcast you can always email us at make me a gamer podcast at gmail.com uh and you can find my writings at atmasweapon.com uh that's it for this week next week i'll have elden ring to talk about oh fuck we didn't talk about helldivers again no, we still haven't talked about the fact that we played some video games a while back. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually played video games in person, and we keep meaning to talk about it on the podcast, and we didn't do it. Next week, remind us somehow, psychically. Uh, all right, Harvey Z, take us out. I mean, they could just send an email to whatever that link down below in the podcast thing is and remind you, or they could ask us questions. That would be nice. It's been a while since we've gotten any questions um i also would appreciate if 16 of you motherfuckers out there really wanted to play some scripted fantasy baseball now or actually not 16 15 of you guys and we could create a little fantasy league perhaps and i keep wanting more engagement with like the discord channel which we do have some i I thank the people who are out there but it would be nice to have uh, more folks to have our own little community and maybe there's in this like now i'm envisioning like the make me a gamer land and like we have a little baseball field and we can play games out there. We have other stuff and we actually have a little community of people. Uh, you know, did I just yeah. lose you? You went no, silent. No, no okay. you're, you're good. That's, that's, that's good. You, you hit it all. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing to add. The way it should be. Ah, perfection. <laughs>